We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2. It's a delight, as we do every Wednesday, to check in with our congressman representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District, one of my favorite people in public service, Representative David Schweikert, just back from the border. David, how are you, sir? Um, sleepy, but outside that, well-caffeinated. Yeah, well-caffeinated. You seem always. You seem like you are well-caffeinated always. You embody... Yeah, it's a bad habit. Well, I, I didn't know if you, it was caffeine or not, but I, I, I didn't know if it was natural energy, but you are never down. I've never seen you down. They say yeah, never you know, let them see that, you be tired. You never are. It, it, look, I'm, I'm blessed to have lots of energy, which drives my wife out of her mind. So. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine. That's very funny. All right. So one of the interesting things I hear from people who go down to the border, and I was down there about two weeks ago, but one of the interesting things I hear they find so surprising is just how routine it can be over there. There's, you know, you don't see agents, border agents, really doing much chasing. You almost see a walking towards each other. There's just well, this very and, routine thing going on. It's it's extremely disturbing. Go ahead and you, talk about this. Yeah, if you want to see chasing, go at night. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Right, right. right. Go at night because, you know, we were just, I mean, you know, we were still within the Gala City limits, and they were chasing uh, and, and got away um, through one of the big, you know, because it's rugged territory there. That's what a lot of folks, you know, we have a large number of people in Phoenix who've never been down to even Nagala and don't understand just how rugged that territory and how hilly and, and the depths of the washes and the, and the heights of the hills and, you know, how many points there are where, and this is one that uh, looked like they did a fence scale. So they were able to see them and move resources. And by the time we left last night, they were, they were searching, but we thought they thought they had, he was either hunkered down in the wash or had sprinted, you know, and made it over to the highway. Um, and if you listen to the radio, when you're down there, you hear that same scenario over and yeah. over and yeah. over. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, 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 it is true at night. You do see that during the day. What you see, is um, what I have been describing as basically an abuse of law enforcement. It's a, I, I believe it's an abuse of Customs and Border to have to just become nothing more than paper clerks, though, which is what they well, seem to be doing. Well, and, and, and this is... Not, a, not, not a by more, dint of their wish, by the way. This is not what they wish they no, were doing. No, 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 yeah, no. Right. There's no question that the, the, the line officers are losing their mind. Mm-hmm. The directives coming from Washington aren't based in reality. and But do remember, there's a difference between customs and border patrol. You know, customs theoretically should be our, you know, tax collector, but also making sure that bad things aren't coming into the country. You know, whether it be a pest, you know, killer bee, hornets, or whatever they are, to, you know, a narcotics. But that they manage, those, you know, those ports. And, and a port is not only where a ship comes in, a port is where a car crosses. 
and then the rest of the border is border patrol. Um, you know, in customs, when they do their job well, they collect lots of taxes, particularly at you know the port of Los Angeles, the the port of Long Beach, and as they'll tell you, they basically become immigration and drug agents. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. And it seems to me this is the first and major public policy failure of this new administration that even the press seems to be having a hard time covering up a little. Don't you get that sense a little bit with the coverage of Kamala Harris's trip down? It probably won't last, but it was not a successful trip as far as I can read the media. No, no, it wasn't. But if you were only a mainstream news watcher. Yeah. You know, you went home tonight and just watched, you know, CNN or CBS. Um, you would think everything punky dory, and she hands out really pretty cookies. Um, it, it's so we have we have to deal with the reality as conservatives that um, most of the press. I know we use the term mainstream, but it's sort of left vested press. Okay is never going to tell the stories that either both sides or attempt to be accurate. And in some ways, economically, they can't. If CNN tomorrow said, hey, the border's a mess, hey, the tax code that Biden's proposing is a mess, those things, how many more viewers would they have? Right. You know, are they going to suddenly pick up a bunch of conservative viewers? Are they terrified of just losing their Mm left-wing viewers? Mm -hmm. Stop expecting fairness from today's media. Um, but with that, do not give an inch on holding them accountable for when they lie to us, when they mislead us, or do what they're better at, and that's just sort of avoiding anything that's disharmonious to their you know, sort of progressive, utopian world view. That is why Ham- Harris won't go down to the border, I presume. She doesn't want to bring... Yeah. A retinue of cameras yeah, she with want us. To bring the press that's 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 my suspicion. Yeah, right. Because you do see some pictures. Interestingly enough, some of the greatest footage is coming from foreign media, which tells you something too, I suppose. Oh yeah. Oh, sometimes if you want to understand what the Biden administration is doing on a lot of things, um, you have to now watch uh, or read uh, British newspapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do British um, and the AFP as well, actually. Yeah, but but you think about that. It just shows you how sick uh, modern media really is, but also how broken it is. You know, and and I think I've grown to accept they're more worried about surviving economically um, than they are, you know, being you know the noble fourth branch. That's that that that's probably that's probably right, David. But you know, then that just but there is another element to this, which is the job you and I have because so many people do get their facts that way, right? I mean, so many people do get their news that way, and so you know, we kind of hope that there's a Venn diagram of people who hear us or know people who hear us who watch that, right? I mean, the energy it takes to continually respond to that fourth estate. Um, is high but important because they do shape a narrative that uh, pe- we warned about, and people are now going because they well, didn't heed our warning. People are going to now have to. Live yeah, there. I I need to take you to what worries me more. Okay, and we were seeing this in some of the polling we had from the last election cycle, and that's how many people were just 
you know, they've dropped out. Uh, yeah, though, when I say that, they're taking care of their family, they're going to their church, they're, you know, you know at the PTA, of they're, course. they're doing, sure. but they've tuned out from news, they've tuned out from information, they've tuned out from politics, they go home and watch Netflix, mm-hmm. they would never watch a news program. Okay. Um, on their phone, they'll do Instagram photos of their latest decorating or those things, but they're, and and actually, in a weird way, maybe that's mental preservation. Um, and, but I also think that's why you and I particularly have to have some level of optimism that you know, we live in an amazing country. Yep. This last election, stupid things happened. Yep. Um, and I believe this country will correct itself. Because if you believe the country was divinely inspired, you know, our founding documents, at some point, you got to also believe with that guidance. Um, we just have to work harder, but we also have to work smarter. And with that, we can make great things happen. Yeah, we didn't come this far to fail, but it's not going to happen on its own. It's not going to take care of itself, which is why I, too, remain optimistic. Sometimes this country seems to need a reminder of what happens when you do these things. Jimmy Carter was a reminder. Barack Obama was a reminder. Bill Clinton's first term was a reminder. Well, this is turning out to be a really expensive reminder. A very expensive reminder that hopefully we don't have to relearn this lesson yet once again. I mean, that is the thing about all these tragedies, as much the border as the economy. It's unnecessary. We have learned these rules before, right, David? Um, And and the sad part is you and I talked about this repeatedly – but if you're part of the working poor, yep. what the Biden administration has done, and, and we're, we're, you're going to start seeing some numbers where we actually think real wages have actually fallen mm. Interesting. Um, during the first few months of the Biden administration. Interesting. Um, and then with what's been done of opening up the borders and now all the labor competition, sure. it's going to take a decade to fix much of this damage. As if we were going into this on such such a high-flying chariot in the first place a year out of COVID. Right, David? David, you're great. I'm glad you're there, man in the, uh, man in the barricades. Thank you for everything, sir. All right. Goodbye now. God bless you, sir. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Christopher's in Phoenix. Hi, Christopher. Hi. How are you doing, Seth? I'm well. How are you? Good. I have one complaint right out of the box. Okay, good. Let's have it. Um, the complaint department is always open. <laughs> I can't get your show in the East Valley when I'm working in the East Valley. Where in the East Valley? Oh, right around Country Club in the 60s. Try, uh, huh, that's odd. But uh, try uh, downloading our app, our free app. That may, that may be the better way to receive us in certain areas. Will do. Yeah. Uh, you can hear us anywhere in the world on that thing. Sounds good. Honestly, I read a uh, email from someone in Kansas earlier, a listener in Kansas. So, yeah. Um, what I was going to uh, uh, bring to the, the topic to the front was yes, um, uh, uh, everything about your show and the other talk shows and, and everything, and um, it, they're all based upon the the suffering of what we're going through based upon lies. And um, and I noticed that a lot of my time spent working with the World War II generation, probably about half my life, which in itself was an 
an extremely extraordinary blessing uh, <laughs> learning from which I did not get from my parents. And to be around them was just, it was like heaven on earth. And uh, we're talking people with 50 plus year marriages and a lot of the things that made life um, uh, just the epitome of living. And, uh, and of course, most of them are, have moved on now, but they seem to live by a particular code that was unwritten. And it wasn't until recently here that I could just kind of put words to it. And they all kind of live by that code. I mean, like 98% of them. And, um, and it, <clears throat> and it seemed to be, uh, be truth in service to love. And the, the thing that's really frustrating now is, is every major negative thing that has ever happened to my life, um, things that have happened around the world politically, in every way, shape, or form, <clears throat> all seems to be based on lies. Somebody has to have some power control or tear your life apart or something like that, and it's all based on lies. And everything, that just seems to be the biggest problem that we have, is that we have so much of our society that has relinquished their soul or been torn apart or devastated by lies. And we see it in the news, and the news seems to be like adding wood to the firestorm of that sort of yes lies that it's an interesting thing are in and of themselves as most almost all lies would be lies um in and of themselves a bad thing a wrong thing as most lies would be right right christopher but what's interesting about the lies is the service they're deployed in you know it's not as if on an individual level i haven't really thought about this so i'm thinking as i'm speaking and might get into trouble here we'll work it out together Okay, but it seems to me that when an individual is inclined to tell a lie, it's to build him or herself up, usually to make himself look better or herself look better, isn't it? Most people tell lies about themselves uh, to make people have a better view of them than the truth. Um, But when it comes to politics... It seems that the lies are not in service of building anything up. I'm not saying it's a better or worse lie. I'm just it's it's an interesting thing to me a when you think about to it, tear right? Something down, yeah. the enemy. Yeah, yeah. It's or about tearing it down, the and the and the yeah. deployment of lies to tear down this country, or to town tear down Western civilization. I went through. Uh, I went through a list that I was doing in my monologue. Um, there are massive lies and there are temporary lies. The massive ones are things like um, the beginning of this country wasn't 1776, it was 1619. That's, right. a, that's a pretty big lie, changing the date of a country's founding. Right. That's a big and permanent lie. But then you get contemporary political lies as well. Like um, America is systemically racist. Police target black men. Men should be able to compete in women's sports. Men can menstruate. Pronouns can be arbitrarily selected and changed as can gender. On and on and on. Uh, I could go and I did in my monologue with a longer list. But none of these lies are in the service of improving anything. They seem to be in the service of destructing. I just think that's interesting. 
Yep, I love your show. You're you're an example of be truth in the service of service of love. Well, thank you, Christopher. I really appreciate your kind comments and your call. Um, you know, one of the um, one of the proofs of the of the um, of the uh, balefulness of lies is that they're not just bad in themselves. They lead to bad consequences when the truth comes out. And let's just take it in public policy. Did we not learn? Did we not learn that it was a lie to say it was a conspiracy theory to think that the coronavirus came out of the Wuhan Virology Lab? We lived and operated under this lie for the better part of a year meaning for the better part of a year we did not have an accurate picture of the origins of this virus. And for the better part of the year, that would mean we were going after solving the wrong ideology and problems of this virus, which means, too, for the better part of a year, that people who did want to expose, live, and know the truth were marginalized as conspiracy theorists or racists. That's what the result of a lie is. And now for those that did that, if they have the ability to blush, then there is shame. If they don't have the ability to blush, they have no shame. But there is a cost to these lies, as there was a cost of covering up Chernobyl because it led to the cost of understanding how it could be caused. And that's why the opening line of that Showtime movie, Chernobyl, is so poignant for me. What is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that we hear, and if we hear enough lies, then we will no longer recognize the truth at all. How many people will no longer recognize that 1776 is our actual founding because they have been showered and bathed and soaked in the notion that 1619 was. We will no longer be able to recognize the truth at all if the progressives have their way, and they are on their way to having their way. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Chris Funkin. The guys at Cool Touch Air Conditioning are the guys I trust for all my air conditioning needs, as do my friends and family. We love Cool Touch, and they have a great, um, great product uh, they, they're uh, promoting right now. Most air conditioning units um, are um, like a light switch, either 100% on or 100% off. Imagine a dimmer switch for that unit that would allow you to automatically use just the right percentage of air conditioning like a dimmer switch on a light. It will provide you the most comfortable living environment and the biggest savings on those painfully high and surprising utility bills. Cool Touch will eliminate the pain and the surprise with this new system and with always their fantastic customer service, too. Uh, it is fantastic. That's why I love them so much. The future of air conditioning is here, and Cool Touch is charting it, and for a limited time, also offering a $2,000 rebate on this very system. You can reach my friends at Cool Touch at 623 623- 
7341932 that's 6237341932 or at cooltouchac.com that's cooltouchac.com Doug's in Maricopa how the heck are you Doug I'm doing fine Seth how are you doing I'm doing just fine sir thank you Well you're sounding great today and I wanted to uh reinforce what you said to the last caller. He has to get the Patriot app. I got that years ago at uh, your advice, and uh, I take that with me. And just uh, It's been with me when I travel and paint it in almost every state in the country, and it doesn't matter if I'm painting the desert or the Sierras. You've been, you might not know it, but you've been up to 10,000 feet in the mountains in the eastern slopes of the Sierras with me. Is that and, right? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So no matter what crazy adventures I'm on... That would explain uh, why my nose was bleeding that one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're my intellectual wrestler. <laughs> I don't do well at so, heights, okay. All right. yeah, yeah, well, listen, I was I was thinking, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I think that we have to come to grips with in the Republican Party is that... The person that controls the narrative controls the agenda, and when they control the agenda, they will control society, and when they control society, they can control politics, and they can direct where this country goes. goes. And I think we tend to, uh, in the Republican Party, accept the rhetoric and the parameters that the Democrats set up. They talk about transsexuals and men and women, and then we take that and immediately accept it and tweak it a little bit. And I think that's dangerous because otherwise, the, uh, one of your last interviews you had, he was saying that, you know, obviously he thinks it's going to change politically a little bit. But I don't, I say it doesn't matter if Republicans get back in office uh, and take control because it will only be a slight bump in the slide to socialism unless we begin to change the narrative. And if anybody wants to argue with me on that, uh, we've been in control and we haven't controlled the narrative. And hence, we're now battling not liberalism or even, you know, liberal Democrats. The liberal Democrat of my age is nothing compared to the radical leftists of today. Every institution has been lost. To the, to the narrative of the left because we don't have a counter-narrative. We accept their narrative, and um, then we have the worst job now. We have created, because of our gutlessness, we have a real bad situation. Um, I was reading in a book called On Liberty by John Stuart Mill. He, he, this was, I think he wrote it back in the mid-1850s. And he said something that uh, shows the precarious situation we're in. And it says, working against the, the popular opinion and feeling of society can be much harder than to counter a despot. And we're now in that position. We've let the left control the narrative, push the agenda, and now they've created popular opinion, which is more left of center. And it, it's going to be very hard to push back, but I think we can do it. Don't 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 uh, don't leave me. Hold hold that thought. I want to pick up on that when we come back, Doug. There's something uh, big about what you're saying. I want to explore with you and others as well. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which brought to you by my friend Solar Sandy. If you're tired of those high utility bills from the power companies and are thinking about going solar, Solar Sandy is the way to go. It's so important when going solar, you do it the right way. And Solar Sandy is the right way. She has the family, the formula. She has actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill. When you sign up with Solar Sandy, you get a great deal. You get a $1,000 bonus at signing and your solar panel payments and your power bills are covered for one year. Go to AskSolarSandy.com for more information or give her a call at 623-850-8229. That's 623-850-8229. Let her know that I sent you. Doug and I were uh, talking here, Doug and Maricopa, about uh, when <clears throat> point you were making, Doug, correct me if I misstate it, when we do take um, power back as Republicans, as we tend to do from time to time, whether it's a congressional reaction to a presidential election as in 94, 2010, or when we do take back the White House from time to time as we have been uh, capable, I suppose, of doing, your point is we kind of we kind of arrest the um we arrest the acceleration a little bit we don't turn the car around is that a fair way to put it that's totally in, unless you control the agenda i mean the narrative uh, you will not control the agenda you will not control the political life and you cannot turn the course of anything unless you control uh, the narrative, and we won't control the narrative. Uh, when Trump was talking about the border, and he started closing down the border, instead of backing him up and having narratives and stories of sex abuse and pounding sex abuse and child abuse and make the Democrats afraid to be the ones backing child abuse, we let them paint the narrative of the poor little child being harmed, you know, in, if by us in cages, instead of saying the tra- tremendous amount of sexual abuse by the hundreds of thousands of child children sold into slavery, we lost that narrative because the day after Trump closed the borders, then we have little old uh, Mitchie McConnell and all the Democrat Republican establishments running to the mic and immediately buying into the Democrat narrative that they didn't want to do that reinforcing the Democrats' narrative of keeping the border open and how cruel it was of Trump. We do that constantly. We buy into narrative. We fight their argument instead of turning their argument around and let them fight our argument. I think part of it, too, though, Doug, is the, or at least part of the cure, is um, is, 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 is having Republicans that care about these things or understand the point you're making, I suppose, is a pretty good litmus test. Do they understand the point you're making or not? And we have never, we have always labored with that problem. Let me try it this way. If you're a liberal Democrat or a left-wing Democrat, um, you don't look around and say, um, who's representing my interests in the Democratic Party? You're covered. They got you. They yeah. got your back. Yeah. There, there's there's yeah. not a lot of self-doubt or Stockholm Syndrome in the Democratic Party. Um, if you or I or much of this audience 
uh, and this has been true since forever, were to say, you know, who, who's who's our guys, who's our gals? You know, we can name six maybe off the top of our head. But when mm-hmm. you think of the fact that we have 50 senators and hundreds of congressmen, we should be able, be able to do better than six. Oh, oh. But, 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 here's the thing. In times past, we didn't have sex. No, no, we didn't. That's actually 100%. Here's the thought experiment. Let me give you the golden age of Reaganism in 1984. Outside of Jesse Helms, name me a great senator who helped carry his water the way we saw Reaganism. Yep. Can't do it. it. It's hard. Yeah. Very hard. Matter of fact, as soon as the Gipper left, they immediately said the era of Reagan is over. The establishment couldn't wait That's to right. go back. That's right. Yeah, you know, sucking at the feet of big government. That's right. That's right. And making sure they're more concerned about keeping the establishment, liberal establishment, happy, which means under those circumstances that the continued drift to the left has to occur, and we have to accommodate that slow drift. Just mm-hmm. slow it up two percent, but it will. The difference between the establishment Republican. And a radical socialist is that the radical socialist left wants to get us to socialism in about five years. The establishment Republican Party is fine getting us there in twenty. There or are, just, or just to live it out, you know, just to just live it to out, live it out, yeah. and slow it down. But yeah. in the end, we end up in the same damn spot. Right. You know, uh, a good example is when uh, years ago. Uh, McCain's was promising to put a wall or to fight to put a fence. Build the dang fence, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and uh, all of a sudden on the right we were we were complaining about uh, Kennedy because you know Kennedy was just lamb blasting the right and everything. So if some people were fighting back and called uh, Kennedy a name, and of course McCain caved and he was going to because he was trying to make the Washingtonians happy, so he backed away from the fence. And he came out and lamb-blasted, was it Ted Kennedy for hammering the Republican Party? No. He came out and lamb-blasted us for daring to call his dear friend, one of the most radical leftists in the Senate, some name. Hmm. He thought that he couldn't tolerate. Letting illegals in, he could tolerate. He could back away from that. Breaking a promise to his party, he could handle that. Bad-mouthing many good people on the right that he could handle, but you cannot tolerate McCain couldn't and many of his ilk. He could not tolerate mm. anybody pushing back against the limit. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. You bet. Thanks. Uh, let's see. I have time. Yes, Dana in channel. Hi, Dana. Hi, Seth. How are you? Congrats on all the pups. Thanks. They're doing really, really well. Good. I'm very, very happy. Good. So I was listening to your monologue and listening to Doug just now, and he's right. We, we, we have to push back, and I had a little bit of a win today. And I'm only one person, and so there's only so much I can do. But um, I went for my annual eye exam today, and I was filling out the paperwork, and one of the questions was birth sex. Hmm. So I asked the eye doctor, I said, you're, you're a guy of science, right? I mean, you're a, a doctor of optometry. Yeah, yeah, I'm a guy of science. And I said, I want to let you know something. I said, people aren't going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you because I'm tired of it. And I said, that question on the questionnaire, I said, is ridiculous. I said, you think 
or someone in your corporate office thought it was a good idea, I said, all you're doing is alienating at least half your customers. I hold said, that thought, Dana. Wait hold it. that. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Tell us the punchline on the other side of the break, okay? Okay. All right. We'll be right back. So our friend Dana goes to the uh, eye doctors today and filling out the form. She's asked what her gender at birth was, and she mentions to the doctor that she finds this offensive. Go ahead, Dana. Well, so I just, it was actually, the question was birth, sex, not oh, gender. Oh, what did I say? Ge- no. se- okay, yeah, sorry, gender. gender. Yeah, so right. not that there's a difference. No, there, I, there is for the purpose of it, yeah, mm-hmm. Well, so I just told him, I said, look, you think that you're being inclusive or whatever you think it is by, you know, having these questions. I said, I'm tired of playing the game. And I said, and people aren't going to tell you this. Keep it up and I'm leaving. I said, I still have choices. I've left our family practice physician. Thank you to you. We found someone new. I've left um, my pediatrician. Um, I've left, you know, any, any place now that I've decided that I just can't deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaving. I said, you know, it, you're, I'm assuming you're in this to make money. And he said, yeah. And he said, well, honestly, I don't know what, what the forum says. And I said, well, you know, this is your business. You, you, you should know what this stuff is. I said, Good. and if it's a corporate decision and your corporate office made this, you need to let them know what people are thinking because we're not going to put up with it anymore. Good. And like I said, you know, I'm just one person, but I'm tired of being quiet about it. And, I, and I'm tired of playing the game. Well, I'm pushing back. That I'm is the, back. that is that if citizenship is going to mean anything, it's going to mean people doing that sort of thing, because that's where it insidiously is without people noticing or thinking about it, but rather just accepting it. Good for you, Dana. And you can quietly walk away, but then they're never going to know why. That's right. And I think you have to hit them in the pocketbook and you have to tell them why. That's right, because they think there's a huge swath of people that respect this. And I'm guessing it's a lot smaller than they think. I think it's a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. I do too. We just need to get louder about it. Yep, absolutely. Nicely stated. Oh, I chalk it up as a win. I chalk it up as a win. I chalk it up as a win. You know, people think that uh, all this stuff we suffer under is based on legislation from the federal government to the state legislature. A lot of it is, but most of it right now is not. Most of it right now is not. It is coming out of the corporations. It is coming out of the schools. It is coming out of the professional athletic associations. It is coming out of privately owned entertainment and privately owned news industry, which makes it all the more subtle and insidious. It's not some major piece of legislation people can hire lobbyists to fight. This requires all our action, whether it's think tanks exposing it or talk radio shows talking about it and educating on it, or individuals like Dana just politely saying to whoever's promoting this stuff. Vaclav Havel in the 70s wrote an essay about the green ghost grocer living in a communist regime. He just hangs the sign, workers of the world unite without thinking about it because it's the safe, right thing to do. It's what the government and community wants. It doesn't mean much to him. Sometimes these people put these things up there like this doctor. He didn't even know it was there. He hadn't thought much about it. It didn't mean much to him. That's a victory for the left. Pointing it out and making him think about it, that's a victory for us. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.